0: You're listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, episode 76.
1: You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives.
2: You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures made for life.
1: But isn't that, like, cheating?
2: We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week.
1: Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. This is the Touch of Flavor podcast. Dating and relationship advice by Kingsters for Kingsters. Join us as we tackle BDSM, sex, non monogamy, and how to build extraordinary relationships in an ordinary world. And now, your hosts, Cassie and Rigel.
2: So it's been a little while since we've sat down. We recorded our last one in a batch. Last ones, one, ones. Multiples. It's unfortunate sometimes that your facial expressions don't make it through the podcast. But it's been a little while, but that's because I have been on the road a lot.
0: Yeah, you haven't been here. You haven't been doing your daily duties of giving me sex. It's been very sad. I haven't been getting laid enough. It's true. But... Aside for that, you know, you've you been know, gone a lot.
2: You know, one of the benefits of polyamory, you, you can solve that problem.
0: Yes, but when your other primary nesting partner is asexual, that doesn't really do that. So
2: you have to expand.
0: Yeah, your, your horizons, legs, a little. your horizons, all the things you have to spread. Yes. So, but to be fair, I did find out something as far as masturbating. I figured out that, (laughs) (laughs) no, don't look at me like that. When you masturbate a lot, you start to find things out about yourself. So evidently, I really enjoy as far as masturbating, if I get myself off, and then I tease myself. And it's almost like I get to like, Be dumbly to somebody, but it's myself, which is kind of weird, but I can do that because it's me. But it's like this very, like, teasy, like, ha, 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 you can't have it thing.
2: I don't think the people who listen to our show realize just how much of this stuff I found out about the same time that they do.
0: Yeah. Well, because I don't talk about this. I'm not like, oh, yeah, by the way, during masturbating, I discovered that I really like teasing myself.
2: Yeah, why well, tell me when you can tell everybody? Yeah, exactly. So, anything else been going on? I feel like that's...
0: No, not really. The majority of it. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, you've been traveling a lot. Amanda and I did like a little like trip together to Acetique.
2: Yeah, that made me happy. I'm glad you were able to get a vacation and
0: yeah, it was a lot of fun. For those of you who might not have ever been to Assateague Island, the national bird is the mosquito. It is actually like infested with mosquitoes and horse flies. The beach is beautiful. Go to the beach, stay in your car, drive around, look at all the beautiful horses, but don't do the trails unless you have like all the deet. We covered ourselves with all the the deeth and still had like 30 mosquito bites for walking a trail for like six minutes. So the horses are beautiful. Check it out. But don't walk the trails. Go to the beaches.
2: So we're going to move into our topic for the day. And before we start, we wanted to try something new. We when we work with our clients and help them with their polyamorous relationships, we do these these coaching calls and a lot of times we have people come on and they give us these amazing stories about the things that are going on in their relationships. It just gives everybody like a ton of hope and it's amazing and it makes me super happy inside.
0: It's where they're at currently and they're celebrating their achievements and their successes that they're currently having at the time.
2: Yeah. And sometimes we get these and people do these awesome things and they're like, please share that with people. And we have been pretty remiss about doing that. So it's in line with the topic for today and we're going to occasionally start putting some of these clips in here because I think that especially when you're having a harder time in your relationship or even when you're not and you're just looking to make things better, hearing about other people's success and other people overcoming challenges is just an amazing way to jumpstart that process. So We're going to switch over to this real quick, give this a shot, and we'll be right back.
1: We had a really great week last week and then an, an amazing weekend with some challenges that I would say a month or two months ago would have had some significant setbacks for our relationship and me personally. And I really feel from doing the work that I've been doing with the course and having tools to manage a situation that was thrown at me that wasn't pleasant, I was able to utilize these tools and not have a complete meltdown, first of all, which didn't then bleed into the work Alberta and I are really trying to put into this relationship. So I've, I, I really feel empowered to be able, when confronted with you know a pretty significant situation for me anyway, that I was able to navigate it in a healthy way. And then not only navigate it in a healthy way at the time, But also later on something that Alberto mentioned that even when I was telling him that instead of coming from a place of anger and hurt, when I was even just relaying the information back to him, you know, it was, Hey, this is a situation I'm proud of myself because I handled it right. And even he goes, even the way you're telling me, he goes, it's not, I'm not feeling the full force descending down upon me, which trust me, I'm all of five foot and a hundred pounds, but that carries some significant weight when I'm angry uh, we've been working and trying to manage and navigate this for six years. I can say that this is the first time uh, that I've been able to handle it in a way that I felt, like I said, empowered. And I was able to not respond. I was able to digest what was going on and know that I didn't need to react. I didn't need to to handle it. There was no reason. So I was super impressed. Um, and so I just want to say like, the way that you guys have designed your curriculum and everything, it is, you know, I'm only halfway through. I've I really felt like that empowered me to be able to stay on task and on track and not have a, a setback.
2: All right. So that just made me super happy. I'm so glad we were able to share that. That was fantastic. And it leads into our topic for today. So we wanted to talk about what it takes to save a relationship. A little while ago, we did a podcast on basically how to break up when you're polyamorous. I think it was actually our longest episode ever at the time. I think we recently did a longer one with, with Kevin, Kevin Patterson. Patterson.
0: Yeah. But before that one, it was the longest one. It we was had the ever done.
2: longest episode that we'd ever done. And in that episode, you know, we talked about basically, how do you break up? Like if you get to a point in your relationship where it's not great, where things are really sucking, where you need to leave, how do you go about doing that? So we wanted to take that and talk about that today.
0: In our relationships, most of the time we start off in a pretty fantastic place, right? We got the NRE going, things are fantastic.
2: It's that thing where you can't wait to see. It really almost is the new relationship energy in a way. Or it's that that thing where you can't wait to see your partners, you want to spend all this time with them, and everything that you do is just amazing. Everything that you do together, you want to do everything together.
0: And those little idiosyncrasies that might get on your nerves later are cute, and you really can't find a lot of flaws, right? Things are are wonderful. But our relationships don't stay there forever, right? It doesn't happen. We, Even
2: the best relationships don't stay there.
0: Yeah, we, we we get to a place of leveling out to where our partners get on our nerves, things happen. Um, God, do they get on our nerves. And we start to... <laughs> I'm looking at you. And we, and we start to gradually have more and more challenges in our relationship.
2: And it isn't always a thing where... I'm certainly not saying that you start your relationship at this high point and then it's just all downhill from here.
0: No. And usually, if things are good, you you have those challenges. They build up over a while, right? You get And, and then it's sort of like plateaus, right? Uh, especially if you say you're living together, you're interacting, you have those life challenges together. Because the more entwined you are, the more life crap you have to deal with, right?
2: And it's not, the measure of a healthy relationship isn't never having challenges. The measure of a healthy relationship is when you run into those challenges that every relationship inevitably does, how do you handle them and how do you recover? But for a lot of us, as time goes on, things do get worse, not because relationships are doomed to go that way, but I think because... And this is interesting. This isn't something that I had thought completely through when we came into this topic as to why that happens. But I think generally it has to do with uh, either people falling out of bad habits, people falling into good habits. The situations that do come up not being handled well and then resentment building up and hard feelings building up. But for some of us, and usually for all of us at some point in our relationships, things do go downhill. Not because relationships are destined to go downhill as time goes on, but because the good things in our relationships we stop doing or new challenges come up or the challenges that we are facing, we don't have the tools to deal with them productively or they're not dealt with well and resentment starts to get built up.
0: And also this happens because we haven't had to deal with those things, right? So there's that dip because there's those challenges and they're there and we never had to have those tools, right? So now we're in a place where we have to have those tools and we never practice having them. We also are in a place where we haven't had to deal with conflict at that level with our partner. And those things end up becoming something that explodes where we end up talking in circles where we don't problem solve or find solutions. And we feel like we're walking around on that uh, gerbil wheel over and over again.
2: And this is the, the breadth of relationships. Relationships come anywhere from the most wonderful thing in your life, the most important thing in your life to just a source of constant misery. And the reasons it was an interesting thing to explore, but honestly, the reasons why things get bad aren't really the topic of this episode. The fact of the matter is that for a lot of people, things do get bad for a variety of reasons. And the problem is that when things do get really bad, you can wind up in a place where you feel like you're constantly arguing or talk to a lot of people who they're they're spending time with their partners and they still basically feel alone. And there's like all kinds of guilt and resentment that builds up over past conflicts and over needs not being met. And a lot of times, eventually you get to a point where you just are feeling hopeless.
0: Yeah. And especially with this being non-monogamy, you then sit back and you see your partners interact with other people. And how their relationships there go.
2: That is I think one of the one of the places it's funny because when monogamous people are thinking about non-monogamy, they envision all of these problems and jealousies and like comparisons that happen between relationships that don't happen for a lot of us on a day-to-day basis. I don't think that in a lot of ways polyamorous relationships are inherently more hard than monogamous relationships. There are some things that are harder. There are some things that are easier. But definitely one downfall of being polyamorous is that when you're in that place where you're not getting your need met from your partner, where they're no longer attentive to you like they used to be, where that NRE is faded and the passion is left, then you get to look and see them have that with somebody else. That burns like that's that hurts a lot. And like I said, you get to a point a lot of times where people just they get to a point of feeling really, really hopeless about the relationship, because during this process, it's not as though they just threw their hands up in the air and were like, no, you know, I'm done. But usually they've tried. Like when you're in this situation, you've tried to fix things. You've been trying for a long time. But despite all of your trying and all of your work, things just keep getting worse. And eventually you get to a point where every day just becomes this like fear and stress that this is going to be the day that it's all going to fall apart. And I think... One of the worst things about that is the way that bleeds over, not just into your relationships, but into everything else in your life.
0: Yeah, you start not interacting with your social circles the way that you normally would because you're feeling upset or anxious. You slack off at your job because you're angry and you're stewing at your desk or you're hurt and sad and you can't concentrate. You don't take care of yourself. When we're upset and we are stressed about our relationships, we either comfort food, eat, and not take care of ourselves, or we starve ourselves. We're the type of person that I'm so upset, I can't eat anything. And we sort of let ourselves go. When we are in that place, we do not take care of ourselves.
2: You sleep and your performance at your job. Look, there's a reason we're talking about this stuff. And this is because we've all been there at some point. I'm talking about us too. I've been... At work, supposed to be doing my job on the roof because I can't focus on what I'm doing. And I'm just walking around the roof for three hours because you can't go down and actually face the responsibilities that you have.
0: And I am that person that I just talked about with like, I'm so upset I don't eat. And then I end up sleeping all the time and not getting stuff done. So we've been there. Here's the thing.
2: every And this is what I want to get across. If these things that I'm saying are resonating with you. They're resonating with everybody because the fact of the matter is, if you haven't been in this place, these these feelings that we're saying, these are what a relationship, even a relationship that has a lot of good things going for it, a relationship that was happy and fulfilling. This is what a relationship looks like when things have declined. And we have all been at that point at some time in our lives. So that brings us to our topic for today. This is what we want to talk about. When you're in that place, when your relationship is on the rocks, when it feels like it's just miserable, what does it take to save that relationship? What does it take to turn things around and get back to something that's as amazing and incredible as it was when you first got together or even more so? And the thing is, we do this every day. We help people who are struggling in their relationships. Polyamorous folks turn those relationships around and build something incredible and we've realized that there's really two things, two things that are key to making those changes, and a lot of qualities related to each, a lot of specific things that you need to have. So we're gonna talk about what those two things are in just a minute. That's actually what we're going to spend the rest of this episode on. What does it take to save a relationship? What does it take to turn a relationship around? But before we get to that, I wanted to spend some time talking about why you might want to do that. Because when a relationship has gotten to that point where it is miserable, where uh, it it just—it's not—you don't feel like it's a benefit to your life. You feel like it's—it's a draw. It's taking away from you instead of adding. Why would you want to go through the work to change that?
0: And it can be really hard to get to a place of, of knowing why that is, right? We can start off being like, this feels like work. This feels like misery. This feels awful. Why the hell do I want to even keep going?
2: And I'll throw in here too, we're not here to convince you to put work into a relationship that you're done with. The fact of the matter is, if you want to put the work into that relationship, you know. You know that you do. But I still think it's helpful to talk a little bit about why people decide to do that.
0: Yeah, and if that's where you're at, like, as we mentioned before, we have a whole episode for you and we'll link it in here. But if you're at a place where you know you want to, but you don't feel necessarily, like you're sitting there and you're going, but why? 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 I know I
2: want to fix this, but why? why? Why would it be worth it?
0: Yeah, and there's a couple of reasons why people would want to turn things around. And the first one I'm going to talk about I actually feel is less important.
2: But it's the one that I think first comes to mind for most people.
0: Yeah, because we, when we've been with our partner for a long time, we are invested, right? We are intertwined. There is things there that we've established, whether that's our home, our kids, or maybe we even share a business with our partner or the cars. And we start thinking about how am i going to afford this right
2: well there's there's very real cost to ending a long term relationship some of those costs are emotional you know giving up long term goals that you may have together giving up i know for some people giving up their partner's family some people like their partner's family more than their own problems with children you have a so you have a lot of non financial costs and then you also have a lot of very real financial costs as well When you have intertwined finances, when you have intertwined homes, vehicles, anything like that, there's a very real financial cost. One of the things that's really astounded us since we've started working with people who are in in struggling relationships is just finding out what it actually costs to get a divorce if you're married. It's like $16,000 a person at the bottom end, I think. It's, It's insane. And I think a lot of people... I could go on about the cost for a long time, but I think a lot of people initially, when they're thinking about this, come from a place of thinking about what are the costs? What are the costs to my life? What are the costs to my social circles? What is the cost to me financially to handle all this stuff, to get this actually done?
0: And one of the things that I think we forget, right, because we we start thinking about those losses, but we forget the the reason why we started off where we were at. We forget how our partner became important to us, how we let them get so intertwined and all the reasons that we built up to get there. And the truth is, is that our partner is still that person, right? We might have a lot of problems. We might have a lot of issues, but we still care and love the person that we are with.
2: There's something that attracted us to them in the first place. Yeah. A number of things that we loved about them that was wonderful and, you know, that made our life fulfilling. And it's true that people change over time, especially if you've been together a long time. But for the most part, usually most of those things that we fell in love with our partner for, those things that drew us to them, are still there. There's just been other gunk that's built up on top of the good parts.
0: When we're in a place where we're thinking about breaking up with our partner— Or we're thinking that things are going to end, we start sort of doing like a a cost evaluation, right? We start thinking about how is this going to impact my social circles and my friends? How is this going to affect our children or our house, our finances? How are we going to split the cars? How are we going to deal with losing? my in-laws, who I've gotten really close to, or my best friends, who are also my partner's like siblings. Or, and we start going through these things, and, and the truth is there's a lot that can be lost, both emotionally and financially. If things get nasty, things start to cost more. The more nasty it is, the more costly it is.
2: It was actually really interesting. We had somebody who signed up for the program recently Do you remember this? Mm -hmm. Who signed up for the program, who was on the phone with you. And he was like, you can quote this. But essentially, it was to the point of we haven't even started getting divorced. We just had like a sit down with a mediator. And I've already spent more money than I'm going to spend on this program to fix my relationship, which was insane to me. So there are very real costs. There are very real costs emotionally. There are very real costs socially. There are very real costs financially. And that's where a lot of people, when they're struggling in their relationships, where they start looking at this from. But when that's all you're looking at, you're just looking at the cost, you really miss the more important part of this.
0: Which is this person, right? The person that you fell in love with, the person that... Or the people. The people, Yeah. Because sometimes these breakups aren't just one person, but those relationships and all of the things that made that person or persons who they are to you now. The reason why you got so invested to begin with is because you cared about them. And it can be hard to see
2: it when we're in a place where we're struggling, but there was, there's some reason that you've gotten to this point with this person, there there were things that attracted you to them. There were qualities. There was the way they treated you. There was, you know, the way that they touched you, the way that they looked at you, the activities that you like to do together.
0: Well, it's everything from the way they made you feel as far as being secure or having someone that you can go to, that joyful feeling that you have laying next to somebody that you feel comfortable with.
2: Or just even being able to have those conversations with somebody who gets you and is on the same wavelength.
0: And for those of us who have partners that we get our needs met through sex, you know, sex is a big need for us. Having that person that we connected with who knows our body and knows what makes us feel good and is just compatible and there's something to be said about that.
2: I wasn't going to let you get out without, I knew you were going to go on about that. So,
0: But it's all of those things, whether it is the physical or the emotional, or even just having someone who has the same humor as you and, and that ability to connect and giggle.
2: Because here's the thing, I'm generalizing a bit here, but if you're this involved with this person, chances are there were a lot of things that you liked about them, a lot of compatibilities, a lot of things and qualities that drew you together. And it is true that people change over time, particularly if you've been with this partner for years. But the fact of the matter is, chances are, and not in every single case, but chances are that many of those qualities that person still has. It just gets hard to see when things are going rough. So, the bigger reason, which should be a more important reason than the cost, is to be able to reconnect with this person who you obviously had a lot of feelings for and a lot going for and a lot of love for. So there are a lot of reasons that you might want to save a relationship that's on the rocks. And now that we've got that out of the way, we're going to dive deep into what exactly it takes to save a relationship that's struggling. And there are Two things, and we're going to dig deep into both of them exactly what it takes. And the first part is the people. Here's the thing. We coach non-monogamous folks for a living, and some of the people who come into our program who work with us, they're there to preempt problems, right? They've A lot of these people, they've maybe given poly a go before, and it's been kind of rough, and Things are good otherwise, but they're about to reapproach polyamory again, and they want to make sure they don't run into any issues, and those people are great. But the fact of the matter is the vast majority of people who come into our program are struggling, and they're struggling a lot. Most of the people we get are towards the end of their rope.
0: Yeah, these are folks who have talked to mitigators for their marriage, talking about breaking up talking about getting to force. These are people who have spent, and I'm talking about real clients here, real stories, which is we've had clients who literally had not sat in the same room and touched each other for over five years.
2: And the fact is most of the people who come into the program, the vast, vast majority were able to help turn things around. But not absolutely everybody and even among the people who do really well there are some people who just kind of sail through the program and there are other people who struggle and what we've realized is that those differences the difference between the people who knock it out of the park and the people who you know struggle through or the very few people who don't make it through at all it isn't the level of challenges that they come into the program with we have people who come into the the program with huge challenges into amazing and people who come into the program with much smaller challenges comparatively and and fuck everything up
0: and i have to spend a lot of time encouraging and 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 pushing and And they have a really hard go at it with smaller challenges.
2: And so what we've realized is it's not about the challenges. There are certain qualities that people who succeed at turning their relationships around have and that the people who struggle with doing that don't have. So we're going to jump into those things. And the first is something that we like to talk about a lot.
0: So it's realizing the value of our relationships, how important they are, and what the sort of impact our relationships have on us and how important our partners are. All that importance and value that is wrapped up in our relationships.
2: So this gets back to what we were just talking about a minute ago, realizing not just the costs of our partners leaving, but realizing the value that they actually bring to our lives. And that's really important because that directly leads into the second point. And the second point, the second quality that we see in people who succeed and kick ass is their level of commitment.
0: Yeah. And I like to define commitment a little differently than what a lot of people think, right? A lot of folks think commitment means I'm going to stick it out and do whatever to stay with this person, even if we're miserable. And I tell my clients- Nope. That is not what commitment is. Commitment is commitment to making the necessary changes to have the healthiest and happiest relationship that you can have.
2: It's commitment to that. I think also it's commitment to agreeing to give something a try. It's being like, we don't know if this is going to work. Maybe this isn't going to work long term. Maybe we're going to do everything and we're going to be one of those few people who just can't sort their problems out, even with all the right tools in place. But we are 100% committed that we are absolutely going to give this a try and give it everything.
0: And with that, we're going to do everything that we need to do to make things happy and healthy while doing all of the necessary work to get there, even if getting there is figuring out that this isn't workable. Yeah. Yeah. And that means, and
2: that's so important. The commitment is so important because once you get to that level, like I said, the commitment that we're really going to try and make this work, not necessarily we're going to stay in this relationship if it sucks, but we're going to do everything we can to try and make this work and see if it's workable and we can be happy and healthy and get back to where we were. Because once you make that decision, that means that you will do whatever is necessary to make that happen. And... That gets down to doing the work, which we're going to talk about in a minute because it's a (laughs) lot of work. But that also gets down even to, I'm going to do things that are really hard.
0: So with being willing to do whatever is necessary, right? It means getting to that point of being willing to be uncomfortable, right? It means moving into a place of, maybe this isn't something I want to do. Maybe this doesn't necessarily feel great to do right now. And I'm, I'm willing to try. It means finding the resources to do what you need to do to make your relationship great. Whether it is finding the time to sit down and do the work that you need to do and spend that time having those conversations with your partner and having those conversations, even when they suck. It also means finding the resources and the finances or whatever else you need to be able to get the help that you need. And that plays into the last point, which
2: is being coachable. And there's, I can go on and on and on (laughs) about being coachable, on about being coachable. It is the single, you know, that and commitment, single biggest qualities that determines somebody who's successful in turning their relationship around from somebody who's not. But the first part of being coachable, or maybe it's being committed. I don't care. It's being willing to do the work because the fact of the matter is fixing a relationship that is going through hard times that has baggage is a shit ton of work.
0: Yeah. And our program, I, I tell folks when I'm, I'm signing them up, I'm like, this is a lot of work. And a lot of times I get this response which is yeah, I know. And I'm like, no, you don't know. It is a lot of work and it's it's everything from module work where you're sitting down and learning something to worksheets, to group calls, to one-on-one calls. And that's not talking about the time commitment and the energy you have to put into actually doing the work with your partner of Having those assignments where you're sitting down and having to work through some of these problems that you've had. It's not talking about the work that it takes to put those tools that we're teaching you into practice every day. It's a lot of work.
2: So that is one part, is doing the work. I'm still not sure whether that fits more into commitment or more into coachable. I don't care. It's important. But the second part, and the part that definitely fits into being coachable, is being willing to do something different we have this amazing problem where people go all through this trouble they come to us they go through our call and it, it is not we're pretty selective about who we let in so they go through this whole problem they come up with the money they sign up they do a bunch of work and then they basically decide to just do whatever the hell they want and not listen to what they're being told
0: i literally have one client I'd say out of about 10, one out of 10, that I have to have the conversation of, what are you paying me for? Because if you knew how to fix things, you would have already. So the reason why you're here is to get help. So you, And part of that is being willing to do things differently, being willing to adapt and change and admit that maybe what you've been doing hasn't been the right thing.
2: Because the fact of the matter is it hasn't or you wouldn't be where you're at. So it's the ability of people to really be willing to empty their cup and realize that what they know doesn't work and to do what they're told. When you go to somebody and you go to get help and you're coming from a place of what you've been doing has been working, the single most important thing that you can do is let go of any idea that you know what's going on And listen to what people tell you. It's emptying your cup. That means when we talk to people, we're like, look, you really need to spend time working on mindset. The ones who succeed are the ones who take the time to really work on. And what I'm talking about here mainly is to work on viewing their partners positively, giving their partner a fresh start, who follow those things even when they don't make sense to them. Because the fact of the matter is the stuff works. It's worked for a ton of people. And what you're doing hasn't worked.
0: But it's it's true, because we have to have these conversations all the time. And one of the ones that I I have with couples when they're in my program is I'm like, great, we're in week one or week two. And I tell them, at the very least, stick it out through the rest of the program. Wait until things are better. If you if things are growing great, everything is wonderful, and you want to tinker. Go right ahead. You 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 go back to some of them habits and you see how they serve you. But you wait until that point where things are going great. Don't do it now while things are messed up and they've been mess and been staying there because you're going to continue to stay exactly where you are. But if you want, after going through the program, after getting things better, you want to go back to being stuck in in what you you think is the way to do things. Fine, you can you can take that test. But until you're at the point that you want to be. Be willing to do something different.
2: So to summarize, the first thing, the first thing that it takes to save a relationship is the qualities of the people involved. And those qualities that are important is A, to realize the value of your relationships, to see, be committed. Not necessarily again to sticking it out no matter how much things suck, but to doing whatever is necessary to try and turn things around and give things a try. And see to be coachable and to listen to the advice that you're getting from people who you're getting it from. Those are the qualities that we see make a difference in our clients between the people who, like I said, sail through, and I'm not saying never have any bumps, but essentially sail through the program and transform things, and the ones who just slog and slog and slog and have a hard time. So that kind of leads in to the next point somewhat. So the first thing is the people. The second part is the help. Because as we said, if you've been struggling for a while, then clearly what you're doing hasn't been working. You need to get some help. You need to get outside perspective. You need new skills. You need a number of things that you aren't going to get from yourself. And this, I'm not going to take a lot of time and try and convince people who need help that they need help. Go watch our training. We've got other resources for that. What I want to talk about here, though, is we talked about what makes people successful, what, what, what qualities you need in a person. I want to talk about what qualities you need in the help that you're getting in order to turn your relationship around. Because the fact of the matter is, it's not all created equal.
0: There's a big difference, right? When you're looking at help with somebody that does something because it's a hobby or it's an interest versus this is actually my job. This is something that I do every day. I've worked with hundreds of other people who are just like you. So... You want to look for someone who, this is actually their career. This is actually what they do. I often joke and say that there's there's a big difference between if you need your house fixed, right? Going to a contractor who's built a hundred houses and has gone to school for it and has worked with other people and has created the things that, the type of house you want to live in, right? I, I want a two-story house and you've built two-story houses, versus going next door to your neighbor Bob and being like, "Hey, can you build my house?" right? So, and and maybe Bob's built a few sheds and and they've worked out all right. But you want to actually work with somebody who this is what they do. This is where they spend their time and this is their skill set.
2: Yeah, I think there's two reasons for Why it's important to to deal with somebody Well, there's probably a number of reasons. I think probably everything that we talk about, it could relate back to this in some way. But I think that there's two main reasons that it's important that you work with somebody who does something professionally. And the first part just comes down to skill. You already gave the analogy, but I'm going to take it in another direction. If you had a medical problem, you had a serious problem with your health, right? You need surgery. You've got cancer, something like that. You're not going to go ask Bob again because Bob lives next door. You know, one of my favorite sayings, it comes from actually one of our mentors, you know, and it's, it's when you get free advice, you get exactly what you pay for. And that's a very true statement. And there's two main reasons for that. And the first just comes down to skill. Somebody who is skilled enough to get amazing results for people. That's what they're going to do for a living. If you have somebody who's amazing at curing cancer, they aren't going to be
0: doing IT during the week.
2: I was gonna say grooming dogs. You have somebody who's amazing at relationships, like that person who's posting in that poly group about how they help everybody, why are they a waitress? Or a anything that doesn't relate to them getting paid for their skill set. Do you really think that it's not that they're so amazing at relationships that they could get paid a lot of money for helping people fix things, but really they just don't want to? That's obviously not the case. The fact of the matter is, is that somebody's ability to get paid for something is a measure of the skill that they have doing that thing. So that's the first reason just has to do with the skill. It has to do with the person that you're listening to, that you're getting your help from. But the second point actually has to do not with the other person, but with you.
0: And when it comes to this, we want to be committed to what we're doing, right? Like we have to be invested. And and let's be honest here. How many bookmarks do you have on your computer right now? I know I've got like a hundred, right? And it's all things that are self-help, to-dos, things I'm going to change at some point in my life. Um, and the truth is, is that these are things I've gotten off of this list or this blog post or whatever. And I'm not committed to, to actually getting around to doing that. That isn't something I'm invested in. Uh, that blog post did not make me invest in my future, did not make me decide that I'm I'm going to stand up and I'm going to do this. So so part of this- It didn't make you take
2: action. Yeah. You weren't invested enough to take
0: action. Yeah, I, I, I clicked to save it on a bookmark with, 200 other postings, right? And the thing is, is that when you're working with someone who's professional, they're going to make you invest in yourself. They're going to make you pay to get the results that you're looking for because they're worth it and they know they can get you there, but also because they want to make sure that you've got skin in the game.
2: All right. So those are the qualities that are related to The qualities that the people need. But now I want to talk about the qualities of the help because the fact of the matter is, and I'm sure you've realized this by now, if you're in that place, if you're struggling with your relationships, if you're at the point of thinking about breaking up where your relationship needs to be turned around and saved, then clearly what you're doing hasn't been working. And that isn't something you're going to be able to turn around on your own. You're going to need help you need new perspectives, you need accountability, you need new skills, you need new ways of looking at things. And that's all things that takes help from an outside source. And you've probably realized that. If not, we have a lot of other resources for you on where to start with that. I think the first one's probably our free training. I'll link to that in the show notes at a touch forward slash zero seven six. But what I actually want to spend time talking about is just like we talked about the qualities of the people, the qualities of that help, because all help is not created equal. And just like the qualities of the people are important, the qualities of the help that you're looking for is just as important if you're serious about saving your relationship and turning things around. So I think the first point is to find help that's professional.
0: Yeah. And it's important because there are a lot of folks out there who are like, I will help you with your relationship and I'll, I will I uh, will give you advice. And they're sort of like the part-time coaches, right? And and I'm- I the poly I have, world's full of them. Yeah. yeah and, 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 and what this is, is this is folks who, this isn't their full-time job. This isn't something where they're spending every day working with hundreds of clients, dealing with the type of issues and challenges that you have, they don't have a cohesive plan. It's They haven't worked at getting to the point of being able to serve people just like you. They've done this here and there. And the way I look at it and and the way I've described it to folks is it's sort of like when you want to build a house, right? And you know what kind of house you want. You want a two-story house. you want it to be beautiful, you want it to be lovely. And you have two options. You can go to a professional where that is what they do every day. They build beautiful houses that are two stories. They know how to do it, they have the skills, they have a proven model. You can see it. Or you could go next door to Bob, who's your neighbor, who builds sheds occasionally. And mm, sometimes he's helped with the house. But he's in accounting. But really, what he does is he does accounting Monday through Friday, and he can help you out on Saturday. And the problem is, is that maybe, maybe Bob only charges you 30 bucks to build your house, right? Or maybe, maybe Bob does it out of the goodness of his heart and he just builds your house. But
2: you're going to have a shit house.
0: Yeah. You're going to have a shit house.
2: (laughs) And you know, you're going to have a shit house. And this is the thing that astounds me about this line of thinking. This is something that we know in every other part of our lives. You've got a serious medical problem. You hire a doctor. You're not gonna go talk to Bob. You're gunning for promotion at a job and you have a skill that you desperately need. You're gonna hire somebody to teach it to you. You're not gonna go talk to Bob. This is how we treat the rest of our things in our lives. But this isn't the way that we talk about or think about a lot of times the most important things in our lives, which is our relationships. Let's just be honest about this. If the person that you're talking to was really, really good at helping people heal their relationships, that's what they would be doing for a living, right? It isn't like they're the world's best relationship coach in disguise. They've helped all these people build amazing relationships and you not get divorced and reconnect with their partners, rediscover their passion, build something amazing. And you know this thing that clearly, if you could do well, people would be willing to pay you to do because it's a, a huge thing in your life. They're not working in IT out of the goodness of their heart, right? They're doing it because that's where their skill set lies. And this is something that's fairly obvious. So it's important to get a professional firstly because that's indicative of the skill that they have. This is something that you know. I'm not going to beat you over the head with it. But the thing that you may not be thinking of is that it's important to get professional help not just because of the skill of the person that you're bringing in. Some of this actually has to do with you.
0: Yeah, and the thing is it's it's about, we kind of talked about that commitment right before, and how committed are you to the hundreds of articles you have saved on your bookmark on your computer of different relationship tips or the uh, dieting tips that you have there? that you never come back to, right?
2: How much help have you already gotten? Tips have you gotten for your relationships? How many Facebook groups have you been in? How many meetups have you gone to? How many questions have you posted online? How many people have talked to you? How much of that stuff have you actually implemented?
0: And the answer is maybe a few things occasionally, right? But for the most part, you're not really invested in the outcome you you don't have any stake in the game, so if you're working with a professional, they're going to want you to be invested in yourself because the fact of the matter is if you're not invested in the process to get there right you're not going to be invested in the outcome of if it actually happens
2: and you're not going to take the action and this is something that we have learned the hard way and it's come as a and it's been a a shocking journey for us. We've been doing this coaching a long time. And there was a point years ago where we weren't charging what the program was worth, what our help was worth. We weren't charging, you know, basically what the results were worth that people were getting from it. And we did that because we wanted to help people. And the really astounding thing for us, as we changed our prices, we didn't change prices For us, at least not completely, right? I mean, you always want to be getting paid what you're worth. But the bigger thing for us, the shocking thing for us was to see the changes in how people showed up and the outcomes that they got when they were more invested in the process. It used to be back when, you know, we weren't charging what things were worth. You'd have people, they'd pay, they'd make their payments and they wouldn't show up and they wouldn't do shit.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. And, and this is sort of, this is a food analogy, but it's true, right? How many times have we swung by a McDonald's or a Burger King and we've grabbed a burger or gotten ourselves a chicken nugget and we threw it in a bag in the back of our car and forgot about it, right? It was off the dollar menu. We weren't really hungry at the time when we grabbed it. It's not a big deal. And there really isn't any kind of expectation, right? There, There is no expectation that there's you're gonna no eat value. that. Don't there's don't no value. You don't value it. Yeah, it's, it's a value meal, but it's not value. Um, it's a value and, meal that you don't value. <laughs> yeah.
2: You um, don't value it because of its value. It's a conundrum, right? as it were.
0: But but, but,
2: not to get <laughs> off that. <laughs> just blow your mind? Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, all right, Cookie Monster. All potatoes in your stomach are mashed. Um, but but going back to that, there, there's, there's no expectation that you're even gonna eat that food, right? But let's say you called and there's this five star restaurant. It's, it's a fancy restaurant. You got to make reservations five months in advance. Uh, you know, you're going to drop $150 on a plate when you walk in there. And that's just the appetizer, right? And, and there's, there's a big difference there, right? But you also have two different expectations. There's the expectation that you have that that restaurant has the expectation that you're going to show up. You're gonna be there. You're gonna be in that fucking chair doing what you're supposed to be doing for them to serve you, right? So that's the expectation there. The second is you have an expectation of what that product, that food, that delicious meal, that outcome that you were thinking about is going to be. It's not gonna be some sloppy burger that you threw in the back of your truck and forgot about. It's gonna be the outcome that you were planning on. So, someone who's a professional, someone who knows what they're doing, and has those kind of skills to deliver that sort of uh, deliciousness that you're looking for, is going to make you pay for it.
2: And that's the difference with things now, right? Now, when people show up for the program, they're invested, they come to... I wasn't kidding before when we said we had people pay and literally never show up to a single session. Now, people show up, they do all their work, they show up to their calls, they do what we say, they get amazing results, and they turn their relationships around. So... Short version, if you're looking to save your relationship, to transform things, to turn things around, you need to find professional help. The non-professional help has not been working for you thus far. All right. So that is the first quality that your help needs. The second quality is that it needs to be intensive and it needs to be transformational. I'm just going to touch on this real briefly. But the fact of the matter is most of the people who come to us have tried counseling, A lot of times they've tried counseling multiple times and that counseling didn't work. So the question is, when you're looking to save your relationship, what is it that that help needs in order to actually work? And to talk about that, it talks to talk about why normal counseling doesn't work. And the reason that counseling doesn't work is while counseling is a good place to go and, you know, talk about things that have happened in the past, or it can even be a decent place to vent your feelings. When it comes to actually making progress and moving forward, counseling does a lot of things that are proven not to work. You spend a lot of time rehashing the past and talking about the same problems over and over and trying to figure out where things went wrong instead of focusing on the future. And really, at the end of the day, that stuff just makes problems worse. And that's why a lot of times when you go to counseling, there's no end in sight. You wind up in counseling for years and you wind up in the the same spot, right? It's not designed to get you efficient results. So if you're looking for help that will help you transform your relationship, what do you need? And the answer is you need to work with somebody who is focused and experienced in creating total transformation, right? Going deep, working quickly, You know where you can learn and master a few simple principles and and implement them immediately and really get to the root and completely transform your relationship in a short period of time. And to do that, that takes structure.
0: With having a structure, that means actually having plans and systems and ideas in place versus maybe your traditional counseling where you're sitting back and someone's saying to you, well... What do you think you should do?
2: I like the emphasis, well, what do you think you should do? I think everybody who's been to a counselor has heard that at some point.
0: Yeah. So it's 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 that situation of, again, if you knew these things, right, you probably would have implemented them and done them yourself. So having that structure of someone who has the information, has it all laid out, This is a step-by-step plan for you. This is how to get there is really important. So not only do they have to have those steps, it needs to be cohesive. It needs to be able to work together and actually have a system to getting there.
2: Right. And when you're talking about a system, you need to start at the ground and work your way up. That's the whole thing with a system and a process. Because when you don't have a plan to start at the roots and work your way up, the results that you get are going to be temporary. And I'm sure you've experienced this in your own relationships. You're in a Facebook group or you're talking to, you know, a friend of yours and you get a good piece of advice and you put that into place and it helps for a little while, but pretty soon you find yourself backtracking. And that's because you didn't start with the roots. You didn't start with the basics and work your way up. Just as an example, a lot of people, they don't think about mindset. They don't think about the ways that people think about their relationships and think about their partners. But when we're working with clients, that's, I mean, that's exactly where we start because if you're viewing your relationship as horrible or you're viewing your partner as a bad person or a monster, as we talked about recently, you're just not going to get anywhere.
0: And the other part of this is having that accountability, that personal help, that that attention that you need as an individual.
2: That kick in the ass. Yeah. Well, I think accountability and personal help, they're related, but they're different.
0: Yeah. Per- personal help is being able to identify those specific things that you as an individual need. So think about this like going to the gym, right? And you have a personal trainer. And this applies to both. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain how it applies to both, right? So you have a personal trainer and... That trainer knows your injuries. They know your diet. They, they know everything about you as, your, as an individual. You want someone who understands your relationship and knows what's going on individually with your in, in, individual relationship, right? But that only gets you so far. You also need somebody to call you out. You need that trainer who's going to say, no, you're lifting that wrong. You're going to tear your back out, right? You, you need somebody to correct you when you're doing the wrong things. You need somebody to be able to point out when you're just absolutely not on track.
2: Yeah, like where the fuck have you been? You didn't show up today.
0: Yeah, and, and, and just making sure that you're actually making it to the gym so you're there. The idea of accountability is that there's somebody there to call you out on things, somebody to make sure that you're staying on track. And that personal help that teams up with it is recognizing that even within this system, even though there's this system that I have... Right? I also can cater and pay attention to the uniqueness that is you and your specific situation.
2: So the other thing that you need to look for is you need to look for a, a program or a, a mentor or a coach who has gotten proven results for people like you. And this is two parts. So I guess let's talk about the people like you first because this is important. When we're talking about what we do to people, be they poly people or monogamous people, we describe ourselves as relationship coaches who specialize in working with polyamorous people. The fact of the matter is 90% of what we do is relationship coaching. And maybe 10% of that is stuff that's specific to polyamorous relationships.
0: Now, that 10% is incredibly important. Right, right. That is the understanding the unique relationship structures and styles and the challenges the challenges that that aren't the same in other types of relationships.
2: Yeah. So you need to make sure that the person that you're looking to work with has worked with people like you. That's number one. And number two, like I said, proven results. This is right. You You know how good anybody is to work with them by the fruit that they've produced, by the results that they've gotten for other people. So you want to look. And how do you know? You want to look for testimonials from other people like yourself.
0: Yeah. I personally like video testimonials because you know, they're not BS, right? Yeah. It's really easy. It's really easy to type something up and have it on your website. And
2: we say as people with lots of written testimonials on our website, but
0: we, but we do, but we also have videos. We also have recordings, things like that. I question when I look at a website that's been around for a long time or a business that's been around for a long time. And there's nothing but written testimonials. There, there isn't anything there provided to show you that these are real people. These are real people just like you. So folks,
2: that is what you need. These are the things that throughout our course of helping polyamorous people, save their relationships. These are the things that we have noticed, the two things that we've noticed. These are the two things that we've seen that are necessary to save a relationship that's in trouble. Number one, the people involved, right? They need to be committed. They need to realize their relationships and they need to be coachable for the love of God. They need to be coachable. (laughs) So important. So important. So important. So that's the first thing that it takes to save a relationship. And the second thing is help. Because again, if you knew the solution to the problem, you wouldn't be in a position where you needed to save your relationship in the first place. And what does that help need? That help needs to be professional. It needs to be focused on transformation instead of rehashing the past. It needs a structure. It needs accountability in place. And it needs to have proven that it can get results for people who are in the situation that you and in, who face the challenges that you have.
0: So as we said at the very beginning of the show, a lot of us get to this place and there is no shame in acknowledging that there has been big challenges, that there are things that are not working in your relationship. And it's okay to get to that point where you feel like maybe this is not something that's gonna be able to, to work. maybe. I just don't know what to do. And there is no shame in reaching out and getting help. There is no shame in acknowledging that an obstacle is too big to handle on your own. And we do this in a lot of different areas of our life. And our relationships team tend to be the smallest place that we do it. When we're unhealthy, we reach out. When we are having difficulties in our jobs or something like that, we reach out. And our relationships are no different. So, with all this, if you find that this is where you're at, if, if you've been having these challenges, book a call with us. Reach out, get on a call, talk to us about the type of help that we can provide you with, and let's see if it's a good fit.
2: Yeah, if you want to do that, we have a free call. We'll get on the phone, get you clarity on exactly what the challenges are that you're facing in your relationships. The next steps that you need to take, if it seems like working together would be a good fit for both of us, we'll talk to you about what we can do to work together as well. Uh, we don't offer that to everybody. It really, we have the the criteria that we talked about, you know, as far as being coachable and being committed, we're pretty, pretty strict on, but we'd be happy to talk to you. If you want to do that, you can go to uh, atouchaflavor.com forward slash call and set up a time to talk with somebody from our team.
0: All right, folks, it was great talking to y'all and we'll see you next week.
1: Thanks for listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, where we're building relationships outside of the box. Got a question about kink, power exchange, or open relationships that you've been holding on to for years? This is the place to ask it. Submit your question at atouchofflavor.com slash ask. Or leave us a voicemail at 833-ASK-T-O-F-1.
0: And sometimes you just got to decide it's too limp. It's not ever getting fixed. I need to move on and find another one.
2: Well, <laughs> see what's going to happen when I get old.
0: Shit. I'm like, you better keep your penis in shape. Like, it is like one of your only redeeming qualities, even when you're a pain in the ass. It's
2: like the one so, thing I can. Can what?
0: Fall back on. Or fall back <laughs> on. Or fall onto. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's been running. All right. Nah.
0: Really? I'd-
2: For f- 47 seconds.